Superpowers on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I am your host, Tatiana Berenday, and I am so deeply delighted and honored to have with us today Miss Penny Slinger. Uh, we are going to be discussing sexuality, aging, and art. But let me tell you a little bit about her before we dive into our conversation. Penny Slinger, born 1947 in Britain, is an artist and author now based in California. As a collage artist, she has worked in different mediums, including photography, film, and sculpture. Described as being in the genre of feminist surrealism, her work explores the nature of the self, the feminine, and the erotic. Penny published three books of photo collage, 50% The Visible Woman, An Exorcism, and Mountain Ecstasy, as well as the groundbreaking Sexual Secrets, The Alchemy of Ecstasy in 1979. She published The Secret Dakini Oracle in the late 70s and more recently completed The 64 Dakini Oracle, presenting divine feminine archetypes. She is currently working on new art series, presenting herself as her own muse and confronting ageism. So please give a warm welcome to Miss Penny Slinger. Thank you so, so, so much for being with us here today. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's a, it's a delight and, a, and an honor. So before we dive into our topic, will you please tell our listeners what your superpowers are? <laughs> what an interesting question. <laughs> no one's asked me that directly before. Um, <laughs> I would say across the board, I can give you um, a couple. Uh, one uh, on, I guess, a more worldly level, I think I have the ability to turn a detriment into an asset. Hmm. So that's, um, I can take examples of, you know, having a lisp um, from a young age and being scared of speaking publicly to being now in this position where I share my thoughts and wisdom where I can. And uh, that's one example of that. And it's shown up in many different ways. And then another superpower, which I guess I would say is my top superpower, is that I feel very blessed to have um, direct access to the divine, to the goddess, to whatever name one wants to give on that, which is greater and bigger than us, but which flows through us. Mm -hmm. So that blessing is something which I have never taken lightly or for granted, but I've definitely cultivated with many exercises to put my own limited ego out of the way and to let something else come through me and speak through me, which wants to be heard. So I guess you could say those two are top of the list, apart from the blessing of the gift of art. Yeah, well, I mean... I would I would say the blessing of the gift of art is very closely related to that the last superpower that you were talking about, right? I mean, really true artists. Right. That's that's how the art flows through, right? Is from that divine inspiration, that divine source. Absolutely, but then you know, over a lifetime of working with that, one takes that gift and makes it into many things due to one's own application to learn the different crafts and to um, find out how to manifest and to express those things. So luckily I've had 
gifts in both the reception and the ability to translate that into meaningful artistic language. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I originally, I reached out to you because of the book, The Sexual Secrets, The Alchemy of Ecstasy, which I think it's, it's celebrating its 50th anniversary. Is that true? I saw something. <laughs> yes, probably it, is. Right. <laughs> it is. Coming out with all color prints and everything. Um, that book, I have to tell you, so I, that book totally shaped my life in an in, in a incredibly powerful way. Like I was saying before we got on the recording, I, I don't think I would have this show without that book. Um, I definitely wouldn't have a lot of the experiences that I've had in my life without that book. I was very blessed and fortunate to find that book when I was a teenager. So I was 16 um, when I first discovered Sexual Secrets. And, um, you know, I was talking with my husband today. He, he shared an article with me about sort of the, the culture of boys in, in the U.S. today and, and misogyny and all of that. And, and, um, and we were talking about, you know, like where one goes to learn about sex when you're a young, um, inquisitive person, right? And, yeah. um, and, you know, we have this really sort of toxic culture around, around that nowadays. Um, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of nuances, a lot of dynamics, and, and a lot of people not just young people, but a lot of people in general, they turn to pornography to learn about sex because it's really like the only place that you can go to or one of the very few places that you can go to observe people in the sexual act and maybe learn a little bit of what to do with the body of the opposite sex. Um, and while definitely, you know, I went through some of that phase myself in, in my teenage years, your book gave me an alternative. It gave me something different to be able to study, to observe, and to learn from that was not pornography. And for that, I'm like forever indebted to you. And um, well... Yeah, I just want to say I publicly I wanted to thank you for that. Oh, well, thank you for saying that. That is the best feedback I can have. In fact, when people over the years have come to me, especially young people who said to me, well, you know, my first uh, exposure to sexuality was through your book, that my parents had the book in their library and I found it and I was able to read it. And this for me is like, why I, I did it, because you talk about uh, people turning to pornography now in order to learn about sex. Well, when I was growing up, you could hardly even turn to that because right. there wasn't the availability of pornography that there is today. There was very little available in the field of eroticism that you could find out anything about. So it was all like a kind of closely guarded secret. And then nice girls didn't really um, have much to do with sex. There was even, um, shockingly as it may seem now, the kind of prevalent belief amongst women that women didn't really enjoy sex and that there was something they just did to please their husbands. It was like a sacrifice they made. And as I started looking at all this and feeling my own burgeoning 
desires and body sensations and everything. I thought, this doesn't seem right. I can't believe that this would be how people approach this. And my um, early experiences of um, spirituality was through whatever systems that we had available really in the West, so Church of England, Catholicism, all those things. And I was just devastated at a young age to find that there was no way where my spiritual aspirations and my sexual inclinations came together. They were on opposite sides of this sense of denial and shame and guilt and all these things. And this felt always intuitively so wrong to me. And I thought, there has to be another way. There has to be something else. So when I discovered Tantra, and first of all, through this exhibition of Tantric Art, which was on in London at the Hayward Gallery in the early 70s, I walked into that. And as a young feminist surrealist, I saw all these images that just seemed so familiar. And yet they were talking not just the language of the subconscious, but the language of the superconscious, the superpowers, in fact, the, the divine. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that there was a spiritual path which had a whole tradition, which was acknowledged and recognized that was sex positive and included rather than excluded sexuality, as it in fact included everything of who we are and what we think, what we feel, what we do with our lives, all of this being part of our sadhana, part of our sacred path, and it was one weave. You know, Tantra means to weave and to expand. So you could expand your whole sense of self and your whole way of living into including everything as part of your path and one that was not denial but embracing. And for me, it was such a revelation and it was so exciting to find this and to feel that last I had a real touchstone in life. And when I met who became my partner for 20 years, Nick Douglas, who was the most knowledgeable Westerner I could find at that time in the field of Tantra and who really knew it, not from book knowledge, but from direct experience and who had a guru and who studied languages and the traditions for many years, he was able to be this amazing reflection for me in the knowledge that he had of the field so that when I could present an experience that I'd had that was just very personal and in my own um, realm of experience, and yet it seemed there were no ways to reflect back anywhere in our traditional society, here suddenly was a whole body of knowledge based on direct experience that could be a reflection for me in this very true way. So when I found that, I just wanted to share it because I said, if this has meant so much to me. Think how much it can do for other people. Think of a culture that we have now, which we had then. What we had then was something where really sacred sexuality wasn't even a concept. It wasn't something people even thought about or knew about generally in the Western world. And so that's what uh, spurred me to want to create sexual secrets so that this information could be shared and people could be given something that they could relate to from their own feelings and from what felt right and true without having to go through some other kind of filters which, you know, dumbed it all down and put it into some kind of box or other. Here was something that was very living, very vital, a living tradition 
which allowed you to be a full experiencer of all your senses and all your spirit in one package. And well, in fact, when... Go ahead. Yes, please. Well, I was just going to say, I hate to cut you off, um, but we do have to go to a quick break. And I just want to say again, okay. thank you for, 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 for following that divine guidance and that inspiration because... Like I said, this show wouldn't exist. I think a lot of a lot of our. I mean, that book was groundbreaking for for the whole culture of of bringing that sacred sexuality to the West. So, um, oh, thank we, you. We honor you and we acknowledge you, and we are going to go to a quick break. Before we go, will you tell our listeners where they can go to find out more about you and the work that you're doing now? My uh, site for my artwork is uh, pennyslinger.com. And then the other site, which probably would be relevant, is 64, with the numerals, dakinioracle.org, where I have my 64 Dakini Oracle system, where you can consult with the energies of the Divine Feminine directly and get a reading for yourself. Ooh, exciting. I'm going to check that out. So um, we are talking with Penny Slinger about sexuality, aging, and art. We're going to have a lot more conversation when we get back, so stay tuned. This is a really special one you don't want to miss. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts, and we want to thank each of you for making Superpower Up the number one podcast network for personal development and spiritual growth, because people like you have the courage to say that mindfulness, healthy living, disrupting reality, the pursuit of consciousness, responsible entrepreneurship, and radical parenting matter. We now amass over 1 million downloads monthly in more than 90 countries. Our numbers keep growing because there are far more people willing to live divergently than mass media wants to acknowledge. For you, the change makers, the light bearers, the way showers, we say thank you. If you're ready to take the next step in your evolution, go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz. And as Neva Lee Rekla, our youngest podcaster, likes to remind us, remember, we all have superpowers and we can change the world. Okay, we're back. So one of the, you know, as we mentioned before the break, it's like when, when, when you released this book into the world, there was not a lot of access, especially in the Western world, to these concepts, right? This was new. This was groundbreaking. Um, and it's had a huge impact. And, and I think it's easy for us to forget, we, we have such short term memories, I think, in our, in our culture mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, they, it's, it's so easy. Any, you can go anywhere nowadays and pick up a yoga class and, you know, any, any city you go to, you'll be able to find a yoga class. You'll, you know, it's pretty easy to find a workshop on sacred sexuality that you can attend. Um, and, and it is, it, it's become, and there's more and more conversation. I mean, I think the sacred sexuality is still a little bit on the fringe, um, but I mean, Hey, like our show, this show gets over 150,000 downloads a month. You know, there's like, there's a lot of people who are, who are picking up this, this topic and we have, we have ways to, to disseminate the information now that just weren't available back then. Um, right. and, and so again, just really wanting to, to acknowledge and honor the impact that you have had on, on that being what it is nowadays, I think is really important because I think it's so easy to take it for granted because we have such easy access to it now. Um, you can Google whatever and find it. 
Um, and, and a big part of, again, why I wanted to, to bring you on the show is just to really remind people that there, there were individuals like yourself who we get to give credit to for making this information available to us. Um, and, well, and thank you. I think that's really I really appreciate that. And also it was a battle even with um, Nick, my partner, to be able to bring the book out because he said, you know, all this information, it's really for initiates only. It shouldn't be made available to people in general. And I said, but people need this. And if we surround it with love and write it in a way where it's accessible to people, this is going to do so much more harm than good. And people in general are not going to misuse this if we do it in this way. So um, luckily I prevailed and was able to convince him to share the wisdom that he had in this area. And then I designed the book in a way where I did over 600 drawings so that knowing that images speak louder than words, it was something that was direct for people to be able to relate to and then made it in many different little sections so that instead of having to pick the book up and read it from cover to cover, you could dive in on any section and get a whole nugget of something really useful out of one small section of the book. So that was the idea of how we presented it. Oh, yeah. And your, I mean, your imagery is amazing. The, the illustrations that you provided in that book, I remember because, you know, I was, I was curious as a teenager, all teenagers are curious about sex, you know, it's like, this is, we're, we're exploring our bodies, we're exploring what is happening with these feelings with pleasure. And, um, and, you know, I remember looking at images from the Kama Sutra, and there's, there are some of those, you know, reproductions in the book itself, too. And you have these people with these bendy body parts. And it's like, how does that, how does that even work? Um, but you have these amazing, exquisite illustrations that are, they look like real bodies, you know. And mm-hmm. again, for me as a, as a developing teen, that was just so powerful to be able to look at a body or two bodies together and, and what that looks like and what's possible. Um, mm-hmm. Really, really beautiful, beautiful stuff that you created in there. Thank you. Well, I did translate a lot of original um, images, miniatures from India, uh, Shunga from Japan, and just translated them a little bit to make them a little bit more uh, recognizable, accessible. And then I used images of, modern people and drew them in a way where people could identify with them as real people and not just illustrations and something that felt real enough for us to be able to put ourselves in that position. So thank you for recognizing that. Mm -hmm. Was there a lot of backlash when, when the book came out? I mean, because it was so groundbreaking. Uh, I wouldn't say there was really backlash as such. I mean, everybody uh, will um, have their own reactions, but I would say I got much more positive feedback than anything else. I, I think the amusing thing was when it got released in England, and England tends to have a bunch of skeptics living in it. So <laughs> someone wrote in a review something about uh, sex, my big toe. It was some something we must have said about the some sensation in the feet and then that became the the tagline for everything that was written on reviews in England sex my big toe which was just trying to trivialize it but you know you expect this kind of thing yeah um so I want to talk 
I want to kind of shift gears and talk a little bit about what you're doing now, because I think the, the topic that you are exploring is again, such a powerful and such a needed one. And I'm, I'm so curious what it's been like. I mean, I'm sure that your art right now is informed from your direct experience and, and I would just love to hear you talk a little bit about it, being someone who was sort of at the forefront of the sacred sexuality movement in the West and bringing that out and being, you know, this embodied sexual woman when it's at an age where it's more culturally accepted and appropriate that you would be sexually expressive to now right. where you are at this stage of your life where really culturally it's like, you're not supposed to be having sex right at this age. Like, this is not, you know, in, in our, in our cultural milieu and in, in sort of how we view it. Um, I'd love to hear you right. talk about this a little bit. Well, in terms of my presence in my art, um, when I discovered Tantra and then went on a long journey of both my, um, trying to translate and share that, and then lived in the Caribbean for 15 years and dedicated that time to really embodying the nature of the indigenous people and saying, seeing and wanting to share with that, that the indigenous way of life held some very important keys to how we relate to our bigger bodies, which is Mother Earth. And of course, we're in major crisis on our planet around all that now, but that's where I put my time for a long time. But in doing all of these things, I stepped outside of the traditional art, fine art market. And so was forgotten really and not seen. And it's only been in the last 10 years that I had the opportunity to come back into the world of fine art and to reclaim the position that I had and the work that I was doing back in the 60s and 70s and then to try and bring through, and I'm still in the process, I say try because I'm still in the process of trying to manifest this, um, wanting to use myself as I had when I was younger as my own muse. Now I'm trying to do this at this age. I'm 72 now, but I'm using my own body, my naked body in my work now uh, deliberately and as part of my practice, because I feel this is the next bastion of feminism. I mean, feminism I never really identified with when I was younger because it wasn't sex positive right. and it didn't seem to be really upholding all the qualities that women really have and focusing more on trying to get the same rights and powers as men, which is, of course is one side of the equation. But I always felt we needed to be recognized and honored for who we are as women and that given pride of place. Mm -hmm. So um, in all these years between, feminism has kind of come full circle to embrace these things as part of its template. And so I now claim my place in feminism. And I believe that the next bastion is ageism. Yes. And we as a society are depriving ourselves with this cult of youth and this instant gratification that you're talking about in terms of no longevity, in terms of lineage and what how things came about by not really regarding that and not 
seeing what our elders have to offer, especially the archetype of the wise woman. You know, right. I'm not really ready to accept Chrome, but <laughs> <laughs> but wise woman. Um, we have, through our years of experience, percolated and distilled our energy and our wisdom. And I feel at this point in my life, yes, my uh, outer beauty as perceived is not as it was because years have shifted that. But my inner beauty is no less and in fact I would say more poignant and um, manifest than ever. And so the fact that in general we don't have a platform in society to express all of these things of who we are is keeping the society immature and unable to really grow. And that's why I believe we're in the kind of crisis we are now. If we were able to listen to the wisdom of our wise women and let that be the guiding lights in what we see as our whole social complex and how we deal with nature and how we deal with others, then we would have a very different position to be working from. So I because of that wholeheartedly, yeah. So I've been wanting to put myself as my own offering. I've always done that. Generally haven't really liked to ask anyone to do anything I wasn't willing to do myself. So now I'm putting myself forward in different ways with this whole new series of work that I'm doing, which I haven't yet been able to exhibit, but I am working absolutely dedicatedly towards that. And it's a whole series which will probably span the next few years of which I've manifested a, a couple of chapters in this, which is called My Body. And it's about me using my own body as the, the body of experience that I have accumulated and trying to, through my techniques of collage, montage, all the tools that I have in my toolkit, to be able to express that and share that in a way which hopefully can uh, shift some paradigms here and help people to wake up a little bit to the relevance of a woman at this stage in her life, not her irrelevance. Yeah, I mean, I think it is so vitally important, which is, again, why I wanted to have you on the show, because I, I've also spent a lot of time in Indigenous cultures where the the culture is of acknowledging and honoring the elders and the elders are the ones who who have the life experience and the wisdom and and it it pains me so much to see what we've done in our society where we just sort of put our elders away um and and there's no and granted age in and of itself doesn't necessarily give you a pass to wisdom. Um, I think that right. there's a, there's an embodiment and a cultivation that, that is important. And, and it's undeniable that life experience provides information and it provides education. And, um, and we have something to learn from people who have lived longer than us, regardless of whether or not we necessarily would give them the title of elder you know, like within a traditional context, um, there's still there's still so much that we have to learn, and so much that I feel like we are missing. You know, Tonya, um, she's the executive director of Superpower Experts, which is the organization that that hosts this network. Um, and she and I have talked about this a lot. How we've seen, sort of, especially in the millennial generation um, and and beyond, it's it's like forgetting that there are people who came 
who 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 came before us who delivered this information who you know we do need to pay our respects to and and to acknowledge and honor them like this you know there's so many people nowadays especially in the world that you know we're working in the spiritual development and the personal growth arenas where you know the personal development arena it's like everyone thinks that they can, you know, it's like they're going to write a book and it's going to be a bestseller because they have this like new, amazing information that's the same information that these elders have been (laughs) trying to get across for years and years and years. And all of a sudden, because you're in your 20s or 30s and you like woke up to it, you think that you, you own it and that um, you know, you get to put it across as it's a brand new idea that no one else has ever thought of before. It's like, well, no, this is actually information that has been being cultivated and, and being shared f- for many, many years. And we, I think if, if we can look backwards and stand on the shoulders of those like yourself and those who came before you and, and those, you know, like we will be that much more powerful and that much more rooted um, to have a little bit of humility and acknowledge like maybe it wasn't me who came up with this and it's okay to to turn and look behind and and honor and acknowledge all those who have come before me Um, yes well lineage is so important and in all spiritual traditions that's so important and as I was saying earlier when I had discovered the lineage of Tantra it was such an incredibly enriching revelation for me. It gave my whole position and my insight so much more grounding in something to know that those who had come before me had had similar experiences from their own particular um, life themselves. And this is something that's in, inspiring and enriching. And as I say, it gives the kind of breadth and depth that you don't get if it's just the flavor of the moment or the flavor of the month. And so I think that's super important. And this is one of the dangers I see with the sharing on social media. So wonderful that we have all that connectedness. And yet, if things remain superficial in that way, then we don't really get what we could be getting in terms of how connected we could really feel if we understood those roots that go down and through and draw on something that's been going on for a very long time. And so novelty is fun, but that kind of grounded, in-depth connection is so much more lasting and something you can really rely on and be a firm foundation in times of shift and change, which I think a lot of that is going to be upon us. So we need as much of that as possible as we're going to weather the storms of the self-created um, tides of change that will be coming and surely are here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the other thing, of course, that the indigenous people give us is that honoring of the spirit in all things, you know, and this is the thing. We're all connected in this um, big echo sphere of Mother Gaia. Everything is sentient. Everything has spirit and should be honored and recognized as such. And if we could heed the teachings of our indigenous brothers and sisters instead of what society has done of kind of throw them away, if we could really listen with our hearts open again, then we'd have keys of how to work with nature and with our whole precious world instead of just throwing it away. Yes, absolutely. Um, so 
while I have your precious wisdom here, I would, I would love it if, if you could share, you know, whatever you feel comfortable sharing um, about what your journey has been like to be, um, like I said, like a, like a more, you know, culturally accepted, expressive sexual woman. And like, and, and what, what has that journey with your sexuality been as you've, as you've grown older and as your body has changed and, you know, gone through these shifts, you know, whatever, whatever you feel comfortable sharing with us. I feel like I would really love to, you know, to hear some of that wisdom. Right. Well, if we get back to, um, for a moment, the, the, you know, the presentation in my art, when I'm showing my naked body now, it's different, really, from when one's showing your body when you're young and there's a magnetism to, you know, a beautiful young woman, which now I know has shifted to something else. And yet, you know, what are our ideas of beauty and what are our ideas of, of sexuality? Are we just kind of organ-orientated in terms of what is sexual reaction to life in general? So uh, my whole template has tended to expand into this feeling of living an ecstatic life, being turned on by just being alive and vibrant and open and able to receive all sensory stimuli in a way which is open and charged and makes you a vibrant being. You know, the, the sexual current is one which underlies all exchange, really. Um, and whether it's explicit or implicit, it's still all there. And nothing wrong with that. That's how we get to survive. If we wasn't for that, if it wasn't fun, if it wasn't pleasurable, we, we wouldn't even be. So all this is also something that could never be considered sinful unless you think life itself is sinful. So this is where we've had these crazy twists in how religion have presented what sexuality is. Mm -hmm. So for me, I have really embraced I guess in my life, just that whole approach to being a sentient person, tuning one's antenna, tuning all your senses, all your intuitive faculties, looking and seeing the the beauty and sacredness in in others and in life itself, in a in a sunrise, in the ocean, in the feeling of rain on your skin. All these things are powerful sensory stimuli and we kind of go through life getting numbed to all the things that really turn us on. So I feel that there's no age limit, there's no expiration date to being able to live in this open ecstatic embrace with just the flow of existence and the feeling of beauty and sensuality that surrounds us and that to me I guess is the the main thing apart from how one expresses oneself with one's partner or in any of those intimate moments it's bringing that kind of sensory uh, apparatus into not just the intimate moments but all moments of your life and 
I guess I would say that that's part of the, the tantrika's path. I do fully um, feel myself to be a tantrika, although often these days I don't even express it as such because of the fact that people have got the idea that tantra is just about sex. Tantra right. is a religion of sex, which is such a downplaying of its right. potential because it's about everything. It's about how to vitalize all your existence with spiritual energy, which is juicy and palpable and there's pulsing through everything you are and do. And so it's about presence, you know, and bringing that kind of undiluted presence to every moment. That's the whole be here now uh, dictum, that we can actually really be present, really show up so that it's not just a part of us, that anesthetized part of us that is meant to be culturally acceptable, that operates through life, but it's your full vibrant presence that's just pulsing with that erotic energy. I like to call this, you know, sort of zone, which is your described as the Kundalini path and your chakras, all that, that inner arena is an erotic arena and it's fully charged at all times if you allow it to be. So I think that's the kind of um, sexuality that I would advocate now in terms of presence because there's so many people now who are there teaching techniques for sexual pleasure, how to prolong this and that and the other, and that's wonderful. All these things are needed. But above and beyond that, it's how to bring that out of the bedroom and into play with everything that you are and do that I think is absolutely vital. Because in doing that too, then we become sensitive. Sensitivity has a bad name in our culture, but being sensitive is absolutely primary if you want to be on a spiritual path, I believe. And with that sensitivity comes your sensitivity to everything else that surrounds you, whether it's the elements itself, nature, everything can feed you and be in a dialogue with you at all times in a very ecstatic and erotic way. And that's what I would advocate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can feel it like effusing from your being as you speak. I have a huge <laughs> smile on my face over here. Um, so, for for someone who's listening right now who who wants a taste of that, where yeah. would you suggest that they start? Well, certainly, you know, sexual secrets is a good place for uh, a lot of things because it's not just about. Um, what to do with your partner, but it's how oh, you relate to yourself. So, there's so much in that book that it actually doesn't have right. anything to do with sex. I mean, it's... Right. And so that's the, the key. It's your own relationship with yourself. And that really is something that you cultivate, you know, and you work with. Um, it's like when you were talking earlier, I thought at one point that um, mind-expanding... Uh, elements were the things that could make everyone wake up and be liberated. But it's really to do with how you use the information that you get. If you're on a path of self-discovery, if you're on a path that wants to lead you to that kind of liberation, that's not kind of one-off thing. It's something that's an ongoing process, an ongoing relationship that you have with yourself. So I think first and foremost, it's Am I willing to do that? Do I want to establish this dialogue with 
who am I? You know, mm-hmm. who am I? Where am I going? Where do I come from? These are the first three dictums of a spiritual path. And so the true seeker wants to explore those things. And then who am I? That's, you know, that's a big, <laughs> a big pot yeah. that you have your lifetime and maybe many lifetimes, but certainly this one, grab it while you have it. Um, explore who you really are and use all the tools of self-reflection you can find. And then just don't be afraid to open yourself up to really feel. And when you feel things, you know, open heart is a key to all of this because the wisdom of the heart is so much more intelligent than the intellect. And we've made the mistake as a, as a humankind of kind of going with the the thoughts and ideas without it always being absolutely affirmed and confirmed by the heart. And so that's, to me, what the rise of the feminine means. It's not just for women. It's for women, men. It's for everybody to allow themselves to really feel the intelligence of the heart again. And once we have that, then everything takes on a different complexion. But sometimes you have to be able to let your heart be broken open in order for it to be able to Mm. feel again. And that's kind of the challenging path. And it's in those dark nights of the soul that it's good to have something to fall back on. And that's where the, the spiritual path and practice and everything comes in useful because then you're not just afloat on this wild sea of passion and experience, but you have things to temper that with. You know, that passion can always be tempered with compassion, all these things which in that bag of wisdom that it's it's cultivated over a lifetime. Um, I did at one time write out, it's on my uh, website, which is goddesstemple.org, um, 64 frequencies, which were like these matrix principles that if you're following the path of the goddess, people were asking me, they were having experiences with me around the, this divine feminine energy, and then they wanted to know how to ground it, how to work with that. And so I came up with these 64 frequencies, which are those things that you you hold in your heart in your meditation, and then have your actions dictated by those things on which you meditate and um, find to be rich. And one of those, of course, is open heart and love in its biggest sense of the word. You know, we all have our definitions of love, but it's really quite beyond definition in the end, but it's how everything works and the glue that holds everything together. So meditation on all these things, contemplation on them, are what make them your own. And then you can hold them and claim them. And then if you allow those to be the things that dictate your actions, like another one is win-win, you know, not to have the kind of business practices, for instance, which are based on taking advantage of someone else, yeah. but having practices in place which are to do with both sides winning mm-hmm. from it. All these things, once you really understand them and meditate on them, then you can live by them. And if we start living by them, little by little, we can infiltrate into a whole complex that hasn't been living by them. But it's hard when you come across those who are wanting to take advantage and you're trying not to take advantage. Of course, then that puts you potentially in a victim role. But I believe 
the role of understanding that everything has to support everything else and that's how nature works and that's what we've tried to step outside to our own foolishness that's what we need to reestablish again if we're going to have longevity as a human race and we're going to be able to evolve into a next phase which is based on feminine principles for all of us to abide by which are to do with caring and connection and empathy and all those good things ah oh, yes thank you thank <laughs> you thank you i feel like you just summed up the whole reason why this show exists and why, why I'm, <laughs> you're doing this work so i just i'm again i want to thank you so much not just for coming on the show today but for for everything that you have brought into into our collective uh-huh. and and i really um you know pray for a lot of success for you with with this next phase because i i do believe it's true i think you know combating ageism is sort of the next level of allowing these divine feminine principles through uh, and acknowledging that there's wisdom in all of the stages and and really putting that into practice so um, oh well thank you yeah i really i still have a bit to bring through so i hope to be around long enough to do that and i just want to say thank you to you because you are obviously really helping to disseminate these important things that are really important time like that so thank you for being you and doing that mm, thank you thank you and to all of our listeners thank you for tuning in and for absorbing this information and um may you take it out into your life and practice it um i think that is really the the biggest gift that we can give to those who bring forward this information is to is to put it into practice um and to and to turn around and acknowledge them and and take care of them and thank them for for the gift that that they bring with this wisdom and so for for all of you out there listening, if you have not yet downloaded the app, we have an app now. You can go to you know the app store on your phone and you can get the Superpower Net app and you can listen to all of the podcasts through there. Um, we have some beautiful you know wisdom carriers who are bringing forward some really important information like Penny, like others who are coming on the show. There are a lot of us and it's important in times like this to remember that we're not alone and to remember that we are standing on the shoulders of, of giants who have come before us and, and that, and, and that we, we are plentiful. There are many of us. So, um, so come in and connect with us in there. And, uh, and until next time, those of you listening, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. Many, many, many blessings. Many blessings. Thank you. Thank you. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.